You are now listening to the Dream Loud Podcast. Join us as we explore the significance of following your dreams. We hope you'll enjoy the ride. Welcome, listeners, to another exciting episode of the Dream Loud Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Benjamin Hall. Happy to bring to you once again an episode. So thanks for joining us. I'm sitting here in a hotel room in Saskatchewan, Kenyatta, <laughs> with my good buddy, Zach Lees. Beow, beow, beow. <laughs> What's up? Not much, man. So thanks for coming on the show again. Yeah, dude. Thank you for uh, having me here in our room where... You almost had no choice but to have me, whether you were on this podcast yeah. or just with me in person. Yeah. So basically, we were just really bored. And <laughs> there's nothing else to do. So we're like, hey, let's just do a podcast. So you get to listen to us talk. Yeah. Um, I know that we had promised to have you and your wife on yes. the next time, but because of yeah, because of the situation we find ourselves in, it's just going to be easier for me and you to do yeah. an episode. And I realized we had not talked at all about the Oslo trip. Which, which has nothing to do with my wife. So it right. it makes sense to talk about it now when we're away. Yes. Far away. Yes. Instead of when we're back home with my wife, most likely talking about many different other things other than what we're doing out here and right. when we were over there. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's another passion that we share in common is health. Yes. And... Your wife works for Dr. Will Cole. Correct. Who is an extremely intelligent. Um, what would you What would you consider him? He is a revolutionary um, functional medicine practitioner. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's hard to explain uh, what what it's all about and what he's all about and what his what his office is all about unless you uh, go on drwillcole.com and just kind of read up on some of the articles to learn um, what they deal in. They deal in a lot of autoimmune reactivity and autoimmune conditions. Mm. And um, they take a lot of pride in like capitalizing on like reversing a lot of autoimmune conditions that, that people think, you know, that sounds like a fairy tale, but uh, it's, it can be done. That's amazing. So yeah, we want to, I mean, we want to do two additional episodes with you guys, um, you know, just talking about health in general and, you know, what it means to be a healthy person, but we also want Dr. Will Cole on. going to happen. Yeah. So excited, excited for that and looking to the future, but this episode is just going to be me and you. And so I figure we can just shoot the breeze a little bit right. and talk about whatever, talk about the Norway trip. Cause I definitely want to record that down in some type of medium because it was just so ridiculous. Mm. Uh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was something else. Just explore that. And um, we just generally have great conversations anyway. So, yeah, we, it makes it easy for us to uh, share a small room with two double beds in the middle yeah. of nowhere in Canada because yeah. we can endlessly talk about stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to record it and might as well make it everyone with, else's share business with the rest too. Of you guys. So, yeah. I guess let's jump back and um, talk about what happened in mid November. Of this past year. Uh, so I guess to frame everything, we were booked with uh, Le- the artist Lacey Sturm, 
me on bass, as you guys probably know by this point, and Zach on as our international touring drummer. <laughs> <laughs> so overqualified sounding. Yeah, I know. I I dubbed him that uh, when we were leaving on this trip to Saskatchewan, where we're going to be playing in four hours, five hours yeah. from now. Um, when we were leaving on to go on this trip, I dubbed him, hey, Zach, I realize that you only play international shows with us, so I'm going to call you our international touring drummer from now on. Can't seem to be booked and uh, mutually schedule any uh, yeah. in the country. It's <laughs> equally ridiculous because you live right next to us. <laughs> yeah. And we have to get people that live across the country <laughs> to go on the, <laughs> the local tours with yeah. us. So, but, there it is. but it is what it is. Um, so we got booked by... Uh, the evangelist Billy Graham. Uh, if you guys don't know who he is, his well, it's his organization, Billy Graham, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, yeah. BGEA for short. And um, Lacey goes way back to the Flyleaf days of playing with him. Uh, and what what he does is he basically does modern day crusades, we'll call them, where they get a bunch of artists together. So they'll do a, a, like a special music event. And I think it's always Christian artists. Um, yeah. And then they'll have just some inspirational stories about how people um, came to know Christ or just came to, came to find God in whatever ways. And then they'll have his son, Franklin Graham, will come up and give the message. He's an evangelist. Yeah. And uh, pretty much runs the show. Yeah, nowadays. It's, it's his thing. Yeah, we've also done different events with Billy Graham's grandson, who's his name is Will Will Graham, and so she's pretty hooked in with them. And pretty much any time that they're doing an event, they get invited to go out. So which is incredible. Yeah, they they treat the artists like kings, like royalty. It's it's an honor to be out with these guys. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, when we uh, got there, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> and the produ- and the production quality is just insane. Yeah, what what they're able to do and definitely next level. And they have like top of the line industry guys. Like my my mix in my headphones just sounds phenomenal. Like every time, I'm like, wow, this is just this is just so good because we normally don't don't get that. Not that like we don't get treated well by other people, but like the level of excellence is so up and far beyond you know what what is expected that yeah. is just mind-blowing so the anyways here, the mix here in canada is really it's is really, really good nice too, too. Yeah. yeah they're doing a great yeah, job the sound check was nice um so yeah so we got booked to do this international one in oslo norway which was my first international gig with second international <laughs> i guess i played one in toronto before counts yeah that counts so this is my second international gig with Lacey. First one overseas in Europe. Pretty pumped for. Um, and uh, we packed up, went to the airport. Was it early? It was pretty early on no, fr- Friday. It was late. It was late. Oh, it was late. Oh, it, was late. Okay. it was definitely like, oh, that's like right. 8 because, o'clock or something. Because the flight was so long. So it's pretty late on Thursday or something like that. Yep. And... We get to the airport. It's pretty dead. Most of the flights have already gone out by this point. Right. Uh, no line at all. We're walking up. Everybody's in a great mood. And Josh gets to the person at the tell. 
don't know what you call that, the front desk or the teller uh, or whatever. The red vest guy from Delta. Yeah. He's like a higher level manager or whatever. And every, he's taking everybody's passport, looking it over to make sure it's good because it's international. And he just, with a very serious face, looks at Josh and he's like, you're, you're not going to be able to fly. And like, it just instantly gets so serious. And I, the first thing I thought was game over. It's not happening. We're going back home. Yep. No way this is happening right now. And I didn't even want it to happen really, because it's just kind of like if one of us can't do it, especially Josh, he's kind of the brains of everything. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to do this if he, if he's not going to be there. You're chopping a limb off of the band, no matter which direction you're taking it. Yeah. You know? So... Um, that's what I was thinking, but to my surprise, he starts going through the options and thinking like, well, why, why can't I go? What's, what's up with my passport? And apparently we, none of us knew this or realized this, but your passport has to be, uh, more than three to six months out of expiring to even fly in these countries. And his is going to be up next month. So it wasn't expired yet, but you'd need a th- three to six month buffer. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like literally unheard of by any of us up until that very moment. Yeah. And so to my shock, he starts thinking through the plans B and C of like, how can we still make this gig happen even if I can't be there? And I'm like, I can't believe we're even talking about that's, this yeah that's what i'm saying man i was in disbelief even by you but like how all three of you like you Lacey, and josh were all just so overwhelmingly calm and collective and gracious about the current situation like i thought we just drove out to the airport and did all that rehearsal time to you know yeah. moving like warming up to leaving and then we can't even get out of the city I know, yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought it was going to come to, and, and, and it wasn't stressing me out. Like, I was just happy to be along for the ride, but yeah, um, I couldn't believe the, that everyone was just so okay with missing out on such, like, a huge yeah. thing that was that was happening overseas, yeah. potentially. Missing. Yeah. I mean, on a few different levels, uh, one for, like, as a, as a four-piece band, you know, vocalist, guitar, bass, drums, if you miss any one of those elements it's kind of impossible to do the show. Uh, and you're missing such a huge thing with guitar. Yeah. And very much so. Very much so. And like, it would be missing a lot with bass, but it's even more with guitar because he's, he's handling all the solos, leads and rhythm at the same time. Right. And so like, from that standpoint, even thinking about a plan B, it's kind of ridiculous. Like you start talking about you know, can, is there anybody else over there playing in a band that we can have right. learn the songs real right. quick? And I'm like, okay, that's, that is a legitimate, you know, thought to like try to have somebody learn really quickly, even though it's stressful, that's a legitimate one. Uh, on another level, you know, him being okay, sending Lacey with us and her being okay, leaving her husband behind and doing the gig anyways. And they were too. They were and so they were, okay yeah, with it. Totally cool. And, um, you know, I'm, I was just a little bit mind, mind blown by that whole situation. Cause I don't know too many couples that would be okay with that. Well, and that, that all aside, even like Josh is like the organizer 
of all of these systems. In in a sense, he's the tour manager. He, yeah, he's the primary communicator with with the band and whoever else we have to communicate with. He's yeah. the primary stem of communication for it all. So yeah, <laughs> it was a little bit um, yeah, that intimidating. I guess yeah. is the word. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, fr- from there, like they figured out that the plan, the best plan of action would be, uh, Buffalo, New York is the closest place where you can get an expedited passport. Yeah. Like an overnight passport type of thing. Yeah. So by that point, airport office is already closed. He decided, all right, I'm going to send you guys on in the flight. Uh, I'm going to drive to New York tonight and get a hotel, get up 7 a.m., go over to the passport office, get an expedited passport, hopefully see you guys in the afternoon right. in Norway. And so... That was the day of the show, right? That would have been the day of the show. But before we even get there, uh, because of all the fiasco that happened, that put us like really far behind in getting to our flight yeah. in Pittsburgh. So we had to kind of book it to our first flight and just kind of figure out the luggage situation because Josh sent his gear along with us, even though he wasn't flying with us. Right. So we get on the plane, we fly to Atlanta and we arrive in Atlanta late. So we had from the time we landed, I think a half an hour to get to our next plane. It was ridiculous. And Atlanta is a huge airport. Yeah. And it's also the, uh, highest trafficked airport in yeah. the entire country. Yes. Uh so we got off the plane and and booked it and Lacey felt super sick. So yeah. she was like barely moving along and I told Zach I'm like run ahead and tell them at the gate <laughs> that you've got two people. Right. You got a pregnant woman <laughs> and <laughs> and somebody else helping her along so please hold the doors open. Right. And I think that was a good, that was a good decision on my part because we were all kind of waiting for Lacey and I thought, you know what, if I can send Zach ahead and get some sympathy points from the people, maybe they'll wait a little bit longer. Yeah, you guys missed the train and everything. I remember. Yeah. Because we couldn't, we couldn't get yeah. down to the subway car. I was a whole, enough. I was a whole train ride ahead of you guys, yeah. which is a, which is a, a bit, quite a bit. Yeah. Quite a bit. So, um, just to finish that part of the, the story up really quick, you know, Zach, Zach got there. He told them, you've got two other people coming. And so whenever I made the final turn to go down the hallway, uh, I could see where the gate was. And I told Lacey at that point, I'm like, I'm going to run ahead now and tell them that you're coming. Are you okay? And so I start running and I see the people from the front gate. They're like walking out into the middle to like take one final look to see if people are coming. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Just wait. So we were moments away from them closing the doors to get on the plane. That was a little ridiculous. And that's, you know, that's how the, and that's the flight from, the, that went from Atlanta to Amsterdam. Correct. The longest flight. Yeah. So we made so it by the skin of our teeth. And I'm like, oh man, now finally we can chill out for a while and get on the plane. And right. so, uh, we fly over, uh, that's a pretty good flight. Yeah. Over overseas. I tried to sleep as much as I could. And then we landed in 
Amsterdam. And I did nothing but take videos of you with your eye mask on the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you took a lot of videos. Yes, I did. I was actually expecting you to take more of video on this trip, but... Uh, no, I don't know. I just wasn't in the mood for it. Which is fine. But that's that's the first time that I had been out touring with you before. And I'm like, yeah. oh, is he a video guy? Uh, nope. And, Which and is I'm funny not. that you took that much. Yeah, I know. Because that's... So that's... That's the first time I had met you in that situation, and I just assumed that was normal for you. No, I kind of, kind of set a really bad first impression when it came to. Oh, was it bad? Constant just, video guy. I was like, oh great, yeah. this guy documents his life. <laughs> it's not a bad. It's not a bad impression not because. Well, that, I think that there is a valuable thing for that. It's just interesting when I run into people like that because I'm the opposite. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. At all about it, but um, you know, Drew, the guy that tra- um, Drew, I'm trying to remember his last name. Radanishi, uh, he tracked the drums on Life Screams. He was in Josh's old band, Kairos, and uh, he he came over to visit because he lives in San Diego now. But he came over to visit. I think it was a couple years ago, and we just sat in the living room and watched old home movies of Kairos because he's a documenter like that. Oh my god! He's like he's insane because I was like, how is he capturing? all of this footage like he just constantly had a camera rolling like it was like it was almost like he could see into the future and was like i know if i put a camera right here something's going to happen in the room later wow to capture it like he was that level of camera and i'm sure that would be annoying to travel with somebody like that that's like constantly got a camera in your face but it but is kind of cool like in retrospect i was so cool to get to look back and yeah. like get to relive those moments yeah that's amazing and not have to remember them but see them actually right. as they happen so I do see the value in that. Let's go across the board on the on that on that same timeline from where we were at, like yeah, like on our flight at Atlanta. So we made the flight to Amsterdam, and um, and in that meantime, you know, we still had Josh's baggage kind of straggling along with us from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, we made it to Amsterdam, right? And Josh's guitar. Um, the electronic sample pad that we use to keep, keep tempo and for all like, you know, uh, electronic effects and stuff for the show, um, along with my bass pedals for, for the bass drum. I didn't realize that the kick drum pedals were, were there all of quote unquote Josh's assigned luggage yeah. and they didn't follow us across, across the ocean. They stayed in Atlanta and were frozen in Atlanta. So now we have... Right, Me? because they should have never, they technically shouldn't ever allow somebody's luggage right. to go ahead with somebody that didn't make it to the flight. Correct. And so that was their mistake in Pittsburgh. Right. And they saw that in Atlanta, and they and like stopped uh, it. And now, and now that's that was that stuff was somewhere that none of us were. Yeah. Myself, Josh, <laughs> yeah, or myself, Ben, and Lacey were all in Europe at this point in Amsterdam because yeah, Josh's and, plan of attack was to go Buffalo, Paris. Yeah. And Josh was up in Buffalo, so it, Atlanta was just so irrelevant at this point. Right. And that's where, like, some of our most crucial equipment was. Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, when we got to Amsterdam, I'm thinking, I think we had an hour, 15 minutes to get to the next flight. And so it was like, oh, finally, we get to, like, we've done nothing but run. Well, for some reason, I don't know. Oh, I do remember. They didn't print Lacey's boarding pass. Right. So she had to go to, they told her, you need to go to this desk. Like customs line. Customs line. And as soon as she walked over to the customs line, 
I kid you not, like an entire country, a thousand people from Saudi Arabia. And I think it was Saudi Arabia where yeah. they were from. They just jump in line because they need to get their custom papers or something. Hundreds of people. And Lacey being four foot 11 is just lost in this crowd. Yeah. And for like 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. And so we're just sitting there waiting and like, I'm look, I'm watching the minutes roll down and I'm like, all of a sudden it's like, we've got to, we've got to book it now to yeah. get to our next flight or we won't make it. Yep. We went from having ample time for once Yeah, and one of our layovers to once again, just running. Yeah. Just running once again. So we, we got to that, um, we got to that terminal and then we, then we went and we paid for this Amsterdam. Yeah. And then we went and we paid for, uh, some smoothies and then, which we found out, which we would have found out later would be another source of pain and misery that in Zach's a, life. Yeah, that was a very <laughs> bad decision on my part. And, but we got on the flight, which was our final destination to Oslo, Norway. Right. Uh, with every, everything squared away. So we land in Oslo, um, beautiful airport. Wish I got a chance to see more of it because the architecture was really cool. Um, but it was pretty late by this point point it was or very early late. it was late dark rainy, oh yeah cold. because we're, we're traveling eastward so we lost a lot of time yeah uh so we got picked up and drove over to the radisson blue hotel which is just a, a gorgeous hotel right next to the venue yeah it was amazing uh get some dinner and we sit down with our manager date jw to kind of go over the plan and i think we had josh on uh facetime in Buffalo. In Buffalo to figure out the plan of attack. And it turned it. So we found out that as we were flying, Josh went over to the passport office and it was Veterans Day weekend. So it was closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they did it and they failed all to tell him that. All government operations are closed on Veterans yeah. Day weekend. If you didn't know that now, now we do know that. So yeah. just and, making you aware, just, in, just so you don't run into that same issue. And it's just funny because they like failed to think of that yep. or tell him that whenever he traveled. Right. So it was just kind of like at that point we had just decided, all right, there's the the possibility of Josh getting over with a passport like Slim this. Slim to none. Slim to none. Illegal on top of that. Yeah. So what we're going to have to do is, Ben, I've recorded all the guitar parts. Can you learn the guitar parts? Emailed them over to him. Yeah. For, and we weren't playing a full set. We were playing like an three to four set. songs. An acoustic, well, and we were we turned it into an, an acoustic set at this point. Well, no, there was two sets because he wanted me to play acoustic oh, for right. her because he they actually had two shows. Yeah. They're going to do him and Lacey acoustic for a song to two songs and then the rock set. And he was asking if I could learn the guitar parts on electric to play along with Lacey and... Which is hilarious to me that I've never played electric guitar in a local band, let alone an international one. <laughs> in front of like 10,000 people. Yeah, for the first time ever. And I'm like, of course it would be this. Yeah. Of course it would, be, it would work out this way. I think, I think uh, an option that JW also brought up was instead of the rock set, doing an acoustic set yeah he did bring an acoustic that guitar version with like me playing some sort of a cajon or something yeah and lacy singing yeah just figure out whatever way to to make it work yeah and you know kudos to them too because obviously they wouldn't 
ask me to do that if they didn't trust me to do that either. Yeah, absolutely. Which is ridiculous. But um, needless to say, we did uh, we did sound check without Josh the next day. Yeah, the next the next day, and it was kind of rough because Lacey leads off of a lot of Josh's. And there's so many parts of the songs where I drop out and it's just guitar to carry it. And it's just right. kind of like, uh, what are we going to do? But uh, uh, we wound up getting through and we checked levels on Josh's guitar like really quickly. Um, through another guy who just played it for yeah, us. Yeah, that just played it. And so we went down to grab some lunch and we get, I think you got the text message because your, your service was working. So you got a text from Josh. That that basically was. What did you What did you receive? I just want to bring up because we forgot about what happened to oh, me in Amsterdam. Did. Because okay, that's right. So just just backpedaling just just slightly before sound check into last night when we were plotting on doing an acoustic set in front of ten thousand people. Yeah, this was right after we had the meeting, and I was like, Zach, do you want to go out and like just see what's around, blow off some steam, and just go have some fun or whatever? Yeah. And I was like all for it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me just you know. Grab my passport just in case, grab my coat because it's freezing over here, um, and grab my wallet and stuff. And I couldn't find my wallet with $300 cash. Yeah. Uh, my driver's license that I had just gotten two days prior. Yeah. And my one and only debit card. Yeah. In it. And uh, <clears throat> we still went out and made an attempt to have a good time. We went out and like, Grab some food on Ben. It was really nice of him. Yeah. And, uh, but I was, oh, I was stressing so bad because oh, that, that little wallet that I have has like my whole life in it right there. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was like just calling banks and calling banks that night and, and calling airports. And, uh, I, I soon figured out that in America, we have amazing customer service. <laughs> Because trying to get to the bottom of my current of my situation, like where my stuff was through all like the European airports and the third uh, European security and stuff like that, which was almost impossible because no one really cared to go the extra mile to figure out yeah. where, where where my stuff could be at. But um, I, I'll never forget this. Ben and I uh, that night prayed specifically that whoever finds my wallet wherever it is because i could have lost it in atlanta i could have lost it in amsterdam we sure no i couldn't have lost it in atlanta because i bought a smoothie but i could have lost it in amsterdam and i could have lost it in uh norway yeah anywhere in in between there on the plane in either of the terminals in either of the airports yeah um even in the car that we took to the hotel in norway but uh so i had no clue but I'll never forget. We prayed specifically that who whoever would find my wallet was very gracious and had good moral standards mm-hmm. and um, just just treated you know my lost items with honor and with care. Yeah. Um, and with urgency, and and that was our prayer that night. And then uh, the next day, I uh, I in the morning before sound check. Yeah. I got. I got this, I saw this random Facebook message that was like, I had to approve it to accept it. And it was like this lady from Sweden that was, that must've been passing through Amsterdam airport 
that that found me not not through anything else because I didn't have any personal information in there, just my debit card, my driver's license, and cash. And so she looked up my name on Facebook. Oh my gosh! And messaged me, found me, messaged me, and let me know that she ha- that she found my wallet with all the money in it, and gave it over to security at the Amsterdam airport. Called the Amsterdam airport. They rudely told me that it's probably in lost and found, and any legal ID that they find, they separate from everything else and give it to the police, the Dutch police. Mm. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm never seeing that license ever again. Yeah, and you had just got a new license. Yeah, like two days ago. So yeah. no, nobody has time to to go to the Dutch police and, and get that figured out. So I considered that gone, but I really wanted that $300 cash in my debit card. But the night before, uh, I called my bank, who who didn't waste any time with their customer service right from america and canceled my card without any questions yeah and uh that was the one efficient good thing that happened that whole entire time with that situation so anyway anyways yeah so um coming back to post sound check grabbing lunch and zach received a text message from josh basically it was boarding passes for Paris. And we're like, no way. Is this happening? Did he get a passport? Like, what happened? Who let him through in, in yeah. Buffalo? Who let him through? And and we wound up talking to him because we found out that, like, he's he's on the ground in Oslo, Norway. We found out a few hours later. And I think he called us. Yeah. Or, or we saw him at the hotel whenever he finally got there. And we just asked him how. And he said it's literally. He came literally, in dinner. Yeah, he's like, it's literally a miracle because there's no way it shouldn't have happened. They should not have let people through. They just don't do that. And and they did. <laughs> this man, this crazy. man, this man found a way to take his expired illegal passport. Yeah, he didn't get a new one. OK, he he you know, he just prayed for grace because he he figured that for him to come over and join us. This was his only option is to just give it a good try. And right. And it was incredible. So not only did he make it from another U.S. airport that knew the laws. Yeah. And he made it from there, made it on a plane and routed him to Paris. Yeah. But then when he got through customs in Paris and, you know, went through European customs as like someone who's not from that country. Yeah. And, and, you know, just, just arrived there. They let him through onto the Norway flight. And then he got through to Norway and, you know, you got to check your passports and that again, once, you know, through every single checkpoint, um, for security reasons. Mm -hmm. And he got to, he got to Norway and he said he had like a slight scare to where like, um, they scanned something and she was going to let him go. And then something beeped and she checked on the computer and he was like, he's like, that's it. You know, he was, he was about to pee his pants. He was like, he thought that this was, he was going to get sent right back. Yeah. And, uh, and then she said, okay, you're good. Have a good, have a good trip. Yeah. And that was that. No way. He he made it through three airports with a passport that wasn't able to even technically make it out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. So, we wound up all meeting up. The band was back together. It was amazing. We played the show. It was a great time. Um, got to... I actually, uh, on, a, on a really cool note, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast, so I should mention this, but um, I met up with... I was just messaging on Facebook because I know yeah. that there's... Yeah. I, I think it was... It was after our show because we played pretty early in the evening 
And I belong to a mixing community called Neil the Mix. It's done by the Unstoppable Recording Machine. And it's basically a place for mixing engineers to learn how to improve their craft. And it's a pretty big global community. And so I just figured I'd reach out on Facebook to see if any other members in the area wanted to like meet up and like, you know, just hang out. And so I wrote in the Nor- Norway community and this one guy, Jorgen, he got back to me and said, Hey, let, yeah, let's meet up. So that was really cool that like, uh, it felt like I had a friend, a friend there from Norway already. That yeah. We just got to talk about, I didn't get to see too much. I just went to a bar and met up with him. European but, Craigslist killer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. kidding. And, uh, it was cool because he got to ask me a lot of things. He had been to America before, but he asked me if his English was good and stuff like that because he was coming to the URM summit in Florida. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it, it's of course. A, it was amazing because I told him the same thing. Like, he was so self conscious about whether his English was good or not and worried. And I'm like, dude, like, most of the people in the U.S. don't even speak a second language. They're all going to be amazed that you know anything, dude. Last <laughs> dude, last night someone tried to tell me to get out of their store because they're closed three times. So what? How did they say it to you? When we went shopping when I had no wallet? Oh, well, th- that's the thing about traveling in Europe because <laughs> since we're white Caucasians, they can't, t- they can't tell if we're not Norwegian until we talk. White Caucasians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely, we definitely look like we fit the bill over there, so they treated us as natives. Until you speak and then they know instantly. Right. So what so, did this guy say to you? I walked into this clothing store and it might have been because it was... Saturday or Sunday, but everything was closing early. Yeah. And the doors in this place were open. And so I asked the question like... It was Friday, by the way. Thank you. So it was Friday. I'm walking through the store. The guy at the cash register, he's like, I don't remember what the word was, but it was something in Norwegian. And everything has these Jürgen. long O sounds. So you're, I'll just say Jürgen. Or yeah. he was like, Jürgen. And I'm like, huh? And he's like, Jürgen. And I'm like... What was that? And he's like, we're closed. <laughs> I think by that point he most, figured, most I'm not American Norwegian. accent ever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll get out of here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I went all the way over to, aside from all the cool architecture that we saw the next day walking around, we got to see the, they have like an opera building and we got to walk on the roof of that, opera which is really was cool. Nuts. Yeah. Slippery. Very slippery. Um, and then they have just a lot of really old like architecture in the streets. Babies. Oh, and they have a, <laughs> I asked Jorgen when I met up with him, the um, the, the the native Norwegian guy from, from Nail the Mix, uh, Nail the Mix. Uh, cause I looked up on Google, you know, cool things to do in Oslo, Norway. And the second image that comes up is this very strange statue of a, of a naked adult man <laughs> kicking and attacking other naked babies. <laughs> That and are like, attacking him back. Yeah, that are attacking. And I'm like, what in the world? And Stepping on one? Yeah, so I asked him. I was like, what is the deal with this statue? And he's like, I honestly have no clue, but they've been vandalized and people try to like sneak in and steal them all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> what in the world? I kind of wanted one. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we didn't get to actually see it in person, but, you know, we... Apparently they're all over the place in that one national park that you. Yeah, it's a national park, and I I thought that maybe it had something to do with like communism or or some some type of like metaphorical thing. Didn't it end up when we were talking to uh, what's his name? We're talking to somebody else. 
Yes, Tor. Yeah, uh, from from he was like a like a tech from the yeah. uh, Oslo Spectrum Arena, and, and he, we asked him. Yeah, and he said that it was. He's like, no, it's just a really weird artist dude that does this kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, he said something about like it. It's supposed to be meaning like the cycle of life or something. Oh yeah, he did say that. Yeah, but the angry cycle it. of life. Yeah, know. I didn't see. I just saw some grown naked man stepping on babies. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah. So look it up. Um, I, I want you to briefly see. This is, has become my podcast now. Ben, yeah, that's I fine. Would, yeah. I would like you to now uh, touch on a little bit that you talked with. Uh, what was your friend's name again? Jorgen. Jorgen about yeah. like cost of living and the financial differences between where we come from in Pittsburgh and what they deal with in like Oslo. Yeah. I'm well. Just briefly. Yeah, sure. Uh, I I'm, I mean, I guess I kind of want to frame this in. The aspect of, I guess what really fits into this is nationalized healthcare, which has been a huge debate in the U.S. So without making this a political podcast, let's not. Uh, which is fine. Um, we all know the healthcare system needs to change, and I think that that's a combination of like personal responsibility, which hopefully we can get into in the health podcast later, because I think that there's a lot of things that you can do in your life to be healthier and not rely on a faulty system to help you stay healthy. I agree. Uh, but regardless, something needs to change. Uh, in Europe, in Oslo, Norway, they have a social health healthcare system where you're, you pay extra taxes, but pretty much everything's covered that, that you need to have covered. Um, but because of that, because of the raised taxes, like the price of everything is just outrageous and they don't see it as much because their kind of wages and living kind of reflect that but it's all inflated everything's in so inflated but us coming from a different country and having the currency exchange it's legitimately everything was twice to two and a half times as expensive as it would be in the states yeah and the way i know that is because i went to the two stores i went to uh that i actually bought things from were a Starbucks and an H&M, which is so funny because I have both of those within and like 15 minutes of my house. All the way to Europe to go somewhere where you could just go, go on to the mall. Right, exactly. Uh, Back home. But at Starbucks, I got a cappuccino, which here is like a $3 beverage. And there I paid seven US dollars for it, I think. And it's just like, that seems insane, but that You thought it was overpriced here. Oof. Yeah, and but that's just the level of inflation. And so what Jorgen was telling me I forget the dimensions of the house he said, but like he, he owns a home. It's like a studio flat type of a thing. It equivalented to somewhere around like six to 800 square feet. Okay. Cause he yes. was, he was calling it like square meters. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. And but it came out to like about that much. Right. Um, so, I, and I would say something that size in Pittsburgh, the equivalence, I don't know of buying, but when you're, when you're talking renting something of that size, you're looking probably like $800 a month, maybe yeah, that's, more. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. So he bought this place, I think he said five, six years ago for a million dollars or something like that. A million US dollars. It was 500,000 US that's dollars. That's right. 500,000 US dollars. And I'm like, what? That's insane. And then he said, now today it's worth over a million. And I, I was just mind blown and I'm like how in the world could something be that expensive well then again like 
we started talking about minimum wage and stuff like that. And he was saying, you know, somebody that works full time at a normal retail job, let's say like H&M, I think would be the equivalent. Their starting wage of a job like that is $40,000 a year. And I'm like, that was more than my starting wage, uh, close to, but slightly more than my starting wage at my professional corporate chemistry job. <laughs> As a chemist. With a four-year bachelor's degree. <laughs> and so it just shows you like their 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 taxes and the, the healthcare taxes is, is so high that everything else has to like uh, be inflated to be able to to, to pay for all that stuff. And they're a, well, they're a very wealthy country too. They're also a very wealthy country. Um, so I think it's interesting because with that type of system, yeah, like you maybe don't have to worry as much about like how you're going to take care of your health. But I feel like there's also a lot more p- pressure to like have, make something of yourself and to like have a really professional job because if you don't get at that income level, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, uh, from the last podcast, those of you who have listened to it, um, and if you haven't, definitely go back and take a listen to it. Uh, it's good stuff. But uh, I, I strongly believe in being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And to be an entrepreneur, to have a business of your own, you have to promote your business. You have to promote yourself sometimes and uh, tell them about the stigma that Norwegians get if they try yeah. to promote themselves over there. It kind of... So what Jorgen told me was, he said, Americans are really interesting. And, and he got this vibe from whenever he visited uh, the U.S. and traveled for like three weeks. And he said, Americans are so interesting because he said, you're all about like bragging about yourselves, but nobody like looks down on it. You're almost encouraged to like, it's, yeah. and you see it in the Facebook culture. Like people are like, or on Instagram, like, I did this today. I did this today. Look at what I did. Look at what I did. And, like, that's just kind of how we live. We all talk about all of the, like, successes and things that we've done. And Jorgen was talking about, like, his frustration with his businesses. Like, he knows that he's good. He's done it for long enough. Like, he owns a studio. He yeah, music fans. engineer. Music engineer, yeah. And he knows that he's good. He knows that he can do a kick-butt job with a band that comes in. But the problem is... There's this stigma about if you brag about yourself, people like want to kick you down and they look at you as being like, you're not a humble person because you're yeah bragging about your skills. Egotistical. Yeah. So they, they kind of shun that. So they have this culture of like, it reminds me of like an Eastern vibe of things. Like nobody should stand out from the crowd. Yeah. Everybody should be at the same level. And if anybody tries to jump out from that, you just instantly kick them down. Such a dangerous environment, I feel. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, I feel like there, there should be probably a happy medium between I agree. what the U.S. is and what that is. Because like in the U.S., you also have the problem of people like will push other people down to get Selfish, ahead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought that that was really interesting. And he was talking about like trying to buck some of that because that's ingrained into his culture. That's what he was raised in. Right. He was talking about like learning how to like be more American, which is so interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all, we also talked about slightly about politics and I just said, you know, what do you, what do you guys think about Trump? And he said, Oh, we all think that Trump is crazy, but we love Americans. So I was happy to hear that. Yeah. And I, I think that's fair enough. Like, you know, 
Trump can be a pretty abrasive guy, so I'm not surprised that other people think that he's nuts. But um, I'm glad to hear that they still like America, America <laughs> right. in general. So that yeah. was nice to hear. And he was a really great guy. So I hope that I get a chance to hang out with him again. And if you're listening, Jorgen, uh, best wishes, man. <laughs> he just started a new band, actually. Did he? Yeah, I've been promoting it on uh, Facebook a little bit for oh, him. Nice. But it's like a... You have because he's not allowed. Because <laughs> he'll get shunned. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, the way he describes it is post-metal with some elements of sludge, which is really cool. I grind heard some of core. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite grindcore. Um, I liked what I heard, though. It was... It was very cool. How um, about how about the drum tech from Ozo Spectrum email? Was he the one that was the vocalist guy? Yeah, the vocalist and guitarist. He's this he, kid plays. He's like how old was he? Like 23, 24 like my age. He is really young, but I think he's really influenced by Under Oath. Yeah, he, he was. had that he had that he had that sound but in a great way. But your yeah. man was involved in three bands at once. They all had like music videos, things going for them, like yeah. studio time, yeah. potential like uh, like uh, contracts for labels and stuff. I was like, wow, yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> it is like he had so much ambition, and yeah. I, and I think in per per capita they have a lot of musicians in yeah. Oslo. It, the the hard thing is is that it's just not a very big country right you know there's not a, a ton of places to play it's not it's not as big as like it just makes me the more i think of it and talk about it it makes me thankful to be where i am in america because we have easy access to be able to do a u.s tour which is a lot of uh, an access to a lot of people yeah um it, it just makes you think like because I battle thoughts of like, man, this seems really hard to get whatever I'm working on off the ground. But then you think of like, it, yeah, it might be hard, but I still have the access to opportunity is so much higher than in other places yeah, and countries. Yeah, it really is. I was thankful for the U.S. the second that Norway's customer service sucked. <laughs> that's when I <laughs> Sorry, like, nor any Norwegians listening. <laughs> that's when I cut the line. Yeah. No, that, that should be a promotion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bring up your customer service. Yeah. Do it, guys. Because <laughs> cause I said so. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I guess to finish the Norway story, um, we traveled on, so we get in the, we get in the taxi cab to, to come home on our way back. And Josh had to travel separately from us because he, yeah. he had to book new tickets. Uh, so it was Zach, Lacey and I, once again, yep. heading back, uh, and we're talking to this really awesome taxi cab driver, he was speaking to us English, which was his third language because he's from Somalia Yeah, and had immigrated there to, to work and to send money back to his family. Yeah, to Norway. Yeah. Uh, Muslim guy. And he was asking Lacey about her story, which is a Christian perspective. And I'm like, how's this going to go? Yeah. <laughs> it went well. It went really well. And he was really thankful for, you know, what she shared. And it was just really great to... Uh, to meet with him and talk to him. And so we're saying our goodbyes. I tipped him some cash and uh, I grabbed, I remember what it was. I grabbed our guitars out of the back. I set them down right? and I reached on my back and I'm like, where's my backpack? I turn around and he's driving away. Yeah. And I'm like, my backpack's in the car. He with tipped like, him. Ben tipped him his whole entire backpack as well. He didn't know that though. <laughs> yeah. Which had, uh, probably $1,200 worth of 
gear in it. Things were going so well for you that whole entire trip. I know, too. and I and I had been thinking. I'm like, everybody has been hit with some type of problem. I'm like, am I going to be able to get out unscathed? Nope, and I didn't. <laughs> and I was equally and and this happens to me every so often. But like, I feel like the most angry I get is whenever I do something a fault that I know I could have avoided because you, you don't have anything to blame it on, but yourself. Right. And I just want to kick myself in the butt and just be like, if I just would have thought to grab this 15 seconds ago, yeah, none of this would happen. So instantly I try calling We go in and I find the, uh, the taxi <laughs> kiosk and we try to call the guy and we cannot, we cannot get through because all the, all the taxi services are like in Somalian. It's like everybody, no. We called the taxi services in Norwegian. Right. But to go even farther, to like contact the individual taxi cabs. Oh, right. All of the messaging machines and stuff like that were like, yeah, were, you know, Somalian or whatever, whatever language that they speak over there. And uh, like I, so similar experience with you, like going through the customer service, I couldn't even tell if it was bad because it just wasn't English. And I felt so like alone like not really afraid but like just feeling tra- i'm in a foreign country yeah thankfully i had my id my wallet and my passport on me so worst case scenario i lose everything but i could st- still get home thankfully and so once again we're like pushing the limit of getting on our flight because i'm trying to get get in contact with our taxi cab without driver leaving it yeah without having to leave it there and so finally we got a hold of him and his english was really broken so i had repeated the same thing to him like five times to make sure that like we were on the same page and i basically said like can you return my backpack to the hotel where you picked us up at and he's like when i get off my shift i can and i'm like oh what is that so thankfully we went through Dubs, JWR manager, who was so gracious and, and helping me out. And I felt so stupid about the whole thing. But long story short, I'm on the flight back and I'm just kind of thinking like, I'm never going to see that stuff again. Yeah. And Dubs sends me a picture of him wearing all the things that are in my backpack. <laughs> with, his, with his backpack yeah. on, yeah, yeah, with his iPad in his hands. And I was like, I cannot believe it. He got it back. And yeah. he didn't charge them for a return trip because it was like a $100 taxi ride back to the hotel. Which is amazing. Yeah. And so once again, like God really hooked us up and helped us out. Like yeah. when everything went wrong, like he really helped everything come together. And that's not to say whenever things go wrong and if I would have lost my backpack, it doesn't mean that God let me down either. I'm just thankful he had mercy on me yeah, <laughs> and allow me to keep that stuff. And uh, our last mishap, I believe, was just me trying to reobtain oh, my yes, wallet. Oh, yes, which was the most epic part of it. <laughs> and so I was just trying to get my wallet. That Amsterdam? Yeah, that was Amsterdam. So we had another hour and a half layover there, which... You know, we thought was a lot before our last hour and a half layover, the last time we were in Amsterdam and had the run. Yeah. But this time I had to include getting out of customs, which means going into the country. Yeah. And then going down to the basement to uh, actually I had to go to the call to the kiosk like call center to figure out like where the lost and found even was first. Yeah. Then I went down to the basement to the lost and found. 
um, ran, got, got my stuff, waited for my stuff. Um, it had the cash and my, you know, now canceled debit card in it, but I was happy I got the cash at least. So it wasn't a waste of a trip. And, uh, and then asked them, you know, where my license would be because I was still doing okay with time. And they were like, uh, the next level up the first level. So I went up to the first level, the police station there. They're like, no, we wouldn't have an American license here. It's probably in the police station upstairs. So I was like, okay, well went up another floor to the second floor to that police station in the airport. And, uh, and, and, you know, showed them my passport because luckily once again, I had that as well. Right. And, um, and I just showed them my passport. I was like, uh, I was told that my license is probably up here. I lost it, you know, two days ago. They were asking me all these questions. And they went in the back and didn't come back for like 25 minutes that I don't have. And finally came back with it. I was like, yes, I'm whole again. I got everything. This is awesome. And then I had to go back through customs. They scanned my boarding pass. Everything was working out great. And then uh, I looked at, I looked at, you know, my watch. And uh, I had about, I had about 45 minutes uh, 35 to 45 minutes to get before they close the doors to our uh, to our gate to leave Europe and go back to America and I get in the customs line that's 55 minutes long oh my gosh. and I'm like well I'm screwed yeah and so I'm getting to like the middle of the line pretty much calling Ben via Facebook because he didn't have any service over there still yeah and I was like Ben uh, you guys are probably just going to have to leave without me. I'm going to have to, you know, catch the next trip through, which is a nine hour flight by myself in Europe. And, uh, I was like, I'm just going to have to, you know, catch the next one around without you guys. I was, I thought it was over. And this lady overheard me talking to Ben in front of me. And she's like, when we get to the end of one of these, you know, zigzags in the line, why don't you just, uh, talk to one of the flight people and, uh, see if you can just jip and go. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not this kind of guy, but right. yeah, I have no choice and I'm yeah. not trying to get stuck in Europe right Meanwhile, now. Meanwhile, Lacey's talking to me while I'm talking to you. She's like, you need to tell him to skip like any of the lines. <laughs> Lacey's telling me this. <laughs> that does sound like her. <laughs> yeah. And and, uh, and so I got to the end and I asked this lady, I was like, hey, my flight at this point, it, leaved in, in, or it left in like 10 minutes. And I was like, hey, my flight is like this, this flight leaves in like 10 minutes. I really have to make it. Um, is there any way that I can just like go through the express line uh, or the business class line, which had nobody in it? And she was like, yeah, just come on, come on. She opened the thing and let me through. And By I, the way, I, I was so nervous because I was thinking that, oh, we go through a couple, like a custom point and then we'll be right on. But like they literally had three different custom checkpoints where they went over yeah. in detail and asked questions like, yeah. where were you going? And I'm like, oh my gosh, Zach's got to make it through all of these yeah. three things so, too. So I, you know, I, I got up to the whole, you know, metal detector scanny thing and took off my shoes, my hat, my coat, my phone, every, everything metallic on my body and stripped myself down to nothing, went through, got scanned. The belt was moving so slow, it was moving oh like gosh. negative four miles per hour, <laughs> and 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 I finally grabbed my stuff, got redressed, and then had to stand in an additional line to get my passport checked. And there was this lady in front of me with five kids, and she had like this stack of like six passports in her hand, <sighs> and I was like, "No, this isn't happening right now." And at this point, I had five minutes um, to make it to the gate, which is across the entire airport, about. You know, if, if you're walking about a 10, 15 minute walk. And, yeah. um, so I, you know, she made it through, I made it through, I got up to the, uh, 
to the officer and he was like, uh, where are you headed? And I said, I'm actually headed back to Detroit because that's where we were going through yes, to get right. back to America. I was like, headed to Detroit. Actually, my flight leaves in like three minutes. And uh, luckily, the guy had grace on me. He stamped my passport. That was the only question he asked. He was like, have a good flight. You better hurry. Yeah. And I was like, thank you. And uh, I just I just took off. I ran as hard as I could. Um, I was like counting down the minutes as I was running through this huge airport and, uh, you know, it was like three, two, one. I finally got to the end and I, and I met Josh and Lacey with this giant piece of plexiglass. No, you mean Ben. Or yeah, Ben, ben and Lacey. Lacey yeah. With this giant piece of plexiglass It was like a fishbowl shape. Yeah, it was. And so I just, I just ran up to them and they were just looking at me like I was a zoo animal. Well, what it was is we were the, we were the last people waiting <laughs> yeah. in the boarding like area, but right behind the gate. They had this fishbowl where you could still look out into the and so I was looking there waiting for you to run by and I'm like, Oh, let me see Zach and I'm like, I see Zach and I'm like, Zach's here and so he runs up to us. It's kind of like one of those moments like, Let me in. Like I th- yeah. I think you thought you had to go through Dude, the fishbowl. I, I thought I thought that the well I thought that they closed the door <laughs> on me and I was like sweating at this point and they were just they were just looking at me and I was like, Let me in, let me in and, and then like pointing. I don't know where Ben was just j- he just like pointing, he was like, Go over there yeah. and I was like, Oh my gosh and then like I got to the gate and there was like six people working in that in that area yeah and they like welcomed me like a war hero or hero i was like i was like what's going on like uh, apparently everybody knew about the situation oh yeah we let everybody know we're like Zach Lee's is his name. He's running right now. (laughs) (laughs) and uh, needless to say by the time we were walking down the portal from the uh gate to the plane itself we had one it was 45 seconds left yeah at that point yeah. and uh we made a little video about it and stuff and everything but it was psychotic oh that, that was, was the most rushed i ever felt in yeah. my entire life yeah it was in, it was insane but so we all made it back to the states in one and one piece and that was it with with everything that we lost yeah. and everything the equipment that got stuck in atlanta made it with josh yeah it came like with like two hours to spare uh from our set and everything yeah so what was looking to be like a very chaotic trip ended up you know not being even scathed by the, yeah by the enemy and you i know, think god had us taken care of yeah and i think that that like for me that's the biggest take home and i've consistently learned this more and more as i've done things with Lacey because when you do things on a larger scale it's like there's more moving parts more things can go wrong and i think that i've seen is that you know it's really just not worth stressing about stuff nope. Because, you know, we have a God in heaven that cares about us. Amen. And he's going to, you know, he's, he's watching out for us no matter what happens. And so it's like, it's like that one verse in the Bible says, what if you can add one day to your life by worrying? Yeah. You're only taking, you're only causing stress Correct. and wearing down your body by worrying about any of that stuff. And it's easier said than done, but like. It, it pays off giving, giving it to God. Yeah. And just focusing your energy on the things that you can control and anything else outside of that, you just got to trust that it'll work out. Yeah. Well, that was, um, that was a long story. That was the full version of that story. That was the long way around it, but I'm glad that it's documented somewhere because we've been asked about it a lot. Yeah. And I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't so much like advice or anything like that, but you know, it's, I hope you enjoyed the story. I hope that you can take it and maybe imply it to your lives and be encouraged by it in some way. And 
maybe we'll do another one here, Zach. I don't know what you're feeling like, but you know, it'd be cool to talk about some gear or something else like that too. Maybe I'm, some more business stuff. I'm so okay with that. You want to break it in the different, yeah, different segments. Yeah, we can do that. So for now we'll, we'll end this episode and, uh, signing off for now, but we'll see you guys next week for another episode. So we hope we've encouraged you to live your dreams out loud. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.